Hello and thank you for listening. My name is James Schofield, founder and minister of James Schofield Ministries and the host of the James Schofield Ministries podcast. So this episode is going to be covering compassion and it's going to be a little bit different than the uh, other episodes that you may have heard. Uh, We're not just going to be going over strictly uh, Christian scripture, uh, but we're also going to be going over talking about how uh, the Jews had the same view of compassion, so we're going to be going over the Hebrew Bible, which of course is the Old Testament in the Christian uh, sense, but we're also going to be going over uh, things that Confucius said, uh, things that the Buddha said, um, uh, things that are uh, in the Bhagavad Gita of Hinduism, so we're going to be going over a plethora of religions uh, that talk about compassion. And in this day and age, we've we've kind of lost compassion, and, and and we kind of forgotten what compassion really means. So in the in this day and age, I mean, you know, I, I kind of want to dive right into it just by talking about the world in general. So the world nowadays is more connected than ever. I mean, you can literally hop on a flight and be halfway across the globe inside of I don't know twelve hours. But it seems like even with these new social networks coming out that are taking on Facebook, uh, taking on Twitter, Instagram, you know, we've got Snapchat, all these social networks that are out there, it seems that the world has actually become less compassionate. It's become more close-minded. It's been more uh, unempathetic. Uh, I mean, it seems that we've gotten this big connected world and even though it seems so big and connected, internally it's become closed off and small. By lacking compassion, you know, we've we've lost the ability as a species to treat each other with respect and understanding. And you know, we have a globalized community, yet in our globalized community, we've fenced off our neighborhoods. We've we've proposed to wall off our physically wall off our borders and in our country in in the united states yeah we've outlawed discrimination and segregation but we still allow hate groups to march and speak on college campuses in the spirit of free speech now part of the problem of our world uh, lacking compassion i feel is really a lack of understanding religion and, and that's not just by the people outside of it. You know, I mean, as in uh, when I was an atheist, you know, I now coming in when I came into faith, I realized that I had a lot of misconceptions about religion. But those misconceptions uh, kind of came into play because of things that I did see the church and, and, that, and that's the capital C church uh, doing um, certain denominations had certain views that were you know, I had, I had issue with. And, and the thing is, is now coming into faith as well and studying, uh, all these different denominations and studying Christianity as a whole, I come to realize that another thing about our understanding of religion is that it's not only a lack of understanding by the people outside of that religion, it's also the members of the congregations within them. So, uh, 
I, I'm, I'm still in, in school right now um, taking some classes, and um, for one of my classes, I took World Religious Traditions, and at the end, uh, our, we had to do a uh, a report uh, or, or a paper on this book uh, by Karen Armstrong. It's called 12 Steps to a Compassionate Life, and, and that's kind of what I'm using as a guide for this particular episode, and you can also, uh, I, I basically just uploaded my paper directly onto the website as well, so if you want to go right onto the blog section of schofieldministries.org, uh, you, you can go right on there and um, be able to, uh, to, to read that. Uh, with this 12 Steps to a Compassionate Life, it was a great book to read. It kind of went over um, compassion and um, she uh, she kind of says that it kind of sounds almost like an Alcoholics Anonymous kind of thing, but it's true. Um, these 12 steps, if you were to kind of read through it, are going to help you create this compassionate lens. So I kind of wanted to go a little bit into that and kind of talk about compassion and how, how compassion throughout history has, has really been a guiding force for every major religion. So... In this book, it's kind of a 12-step program, as I said, and the program is really for everyone in the world. I mean, it's it's not just limited to somebody who who has religion or, or who doesn't have religion. Um, so kind of diving into uh, this, I, I also kind of expanded on it and went through and kind of even, you know, myself went through and studied some of these other uh, religions and, and, and went into their their scriptures because um, part of uh, what I was doing when, when I was becoming a Christian is I wanted to make sure, um, you know, we, we kind of go over that, uh, that proverb line, um, you know, in the ministry, uh, you know, Proverbs uh, 4-7, which I think is probably... Uh, in my opinion, and well, at least, of course, in my opinion, uh, it's 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 my favorite uh, favorite verse in in my opinion in all the Bible, and it's uh, the beginning of wisdom is this: get wisdom, though it costs all you have, get understanding. And so, part of me becoming a Christian and me reading that particular verse uh, created in me that 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 need to understand. And part of that understanding was I uh, grabbed pretty much every holy scripture that I could find. So when I was doing this paper, I kind of, uh, you know, I, I did obviously rely heavily on her book, but I expanded on it by using those scriptures. And it really made me realize that all major religions um, throughout history have what we now know as uh, we, we call it the golden rule. So, you know, growing up in school, we had that golden rule, you know, do unto others as they uh, would do unto you. And I mean, that's every major religion has a variation of that. But the problem I feel in, in, in this day and age and in in, on the world is it's not really, um, hasn't really been do unto others as they would do unto you. It's, it's almost as if it's do unto others how much they're going to provide for you. So, you know, when, when we're talking about compassion, um, you know, we don't really treat people uh, necessarily as if we want to be treated. We treat them by how much they can do for us. And, and I think um, another thing about this that, that I feel that religion can really, really 
help with this is again religion is supposed to be something that focuses on compassion and religion is i mean it's it's huge it's across the globe um I actually looked up uh, the uh, the Pew Research on this, and it's uh, there's 80. Uh, back in 2012, they did this study, so it's a little bit dated, but 84 percent of the world's population is estimated to be associated with a religion. And then Armstrong does say in her book, she says, one of the chief tasks of our time must surely be to build a global community in which all peoples can live together in mutual respect. Yet religion which should be making a major contribution is seen as part of the problem. So you kind of see that correlation there where we've got 84% of the world's population estimated to be associated with a religion. Yet, according to Karen Armstrong, religion is seen as part of the problem when it comes to or, or a roadblock in building that global community in which we can all live together. Which is, which is very, very interesting there that we've got nearly the entire world having a religious view, yet we don't even have that mutual respect. Now, I kind of want to define compassion because uh, I kind of had this view of compassion just being more of uh, being... Um, empathetic or, or not necessarily empathetic but having compassion being oh somebody's having a hard time I'm gonna help them or oh somebody's having a hard time I feel for them I want to make their life easier but you know Armstrong points out that that's actually not um, the, the 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 definition so you know we often use compassion it's kind of a synonym for pity but that's not the true definition of compassion so she says that compassion it doesn't mean feeling necessarily mean feeling sorry for someone else it it rather it means and, and she says quote to endure something with another person putting ourselves in someone else's shoes so compassion kind of goes back to that golden rule of treating others as you wish to be treated because it's about Compassion is not about pitying somebody. It's about feeling what that person is feeling. So even if they're happy, if, if you're comp if a compassionate person, if that person is happy, you're going to feel that happiness. So compassion, if it's not really a synonym for pity. The closest synonym that you can probably go with would be empathy. So with this golden rule um, of do unto others as you would do to yourself or, or sorry always treat others as you would wish to be treated yourself uh, this actually was first con coined um, by Confucius which if, if you guys don't know Confucius he was uh, I'm not going to go too deep into it but let's just say he was this, he was an ancient Chinese uh, sage and he kind of um, him and Sun Tzu who did the art of war they were kind of like if, if you think about it, those are like kind of like the two heavyweights in, in Chinese philosophy. Confucian philosophy is still practiced today. That That's kind of how awesome he was. He was kind of comparable almost to like an Aristotle or a Plato or a Socrates, you know, kind of like the big wigs of heavy thinkers. And he lived way back when. He lived in 551, from 551 to 479 BC. And he came up with the phrase and correct me if I'm wrong, but this sounds a lot like the golden rule, 
quote, never do to others what you would not like them to do to you, end quote. So right there, we've got, already we've got Christianity having that golden rule by treating others as you wish to be treated yourself. But then you also even have China, which classically China hasn't really, as far as I, as far as my research, China doesn't really have religion per se. Um, so even in a, in a country without an actual religion, you've got this, this, this sage saying the same thing five, almost, almost 500 years or actually more, actually over 500 years before Christ came on the scene. So that kind of says something that we've had this golden rule for so long and in parts of the world that you wouldn't even think of. So the, this kind of rule of compassion, it, it's kind of fallen out of favor. And sorry, out of favor. Kind of where I was saying, treat others by how much you can benefit from them. That's kind of where we've kind of shifted in our society. Uh, we're so focused on the one that we that we forget to recognize everyone else around us. And it's not just restricted to people. It, it, it's religion on a whole. And religion, which so richly preaches compassion, seems to have forgotten this as well. It creates a, the conception, or sorry, perception, that religion has been the cause of all major wars in history. This is, this is something that Armstrong has come across. Um, she was talking about a conversation that she had uh, with, with a taxi cab driver. And, and that's kind of what he said. And that's kind of what her research has shown her, that there is that perception that religion has been the cause of all major wars in history. Now, think about this for a second, just for a second. You've got religion where all of these different religions, and, and again, I'm going to go over the other ones as well throughout this episode. You have all these other religions that are going over this golden rule, yet in this day and age, there's this perception that religion has caused all major wars in history. Do you see the dichotomy there? Do you, do you see the, the kind of irony involved with that? So let, let's think about this. How do we get compassion back? You know, I, I told you the definition of compassion. So now that you guys know it, can you kind of just take that definition and just apply it and be like, okay, cool. We're good. I can be compassionate now. Well, Armstrong cautions against that as well. And that's why in her, that's why she focuses so much on her book on action because she says, quote, you cannot learn to drive by reading the car manual. You have to get into the vehicle and practice manipulating it until the skills you acquire so laboriously become second nature, end quote. So, this is kind of to say that simply having knowledge of compassion, it's not the same as knowing compassion. Let me say it again. Having knowledge of compassion is not the same as knowing compassion. So to know compassion, we have to examine how compassion works. We have to see how people react to it, how it can change people and whole cultures, and how it affects us until we have gotten to know compassion so well that it is simply something we do. And it kind of goes back to 
uh, blog post that I did about uh, being generous without faking it, where we kind of need to come to the point where we're just generous without even thinking about it. And it, and it goes back to even um, another post that I did uh, that had to do with ordinary prayer, where I, I talked about kind of the same thing, where prayer should not be an extraordinary thing. Same thing with compassion. Compassion, prayer uh, should not be an extraordinary thing. It should be something that we just do so routinely that again, it, it it's a routine. It's something that we just do all the time. That it's ordinary. That it's that for us to not be compassionate would be an out of ordinary thing. So, you know, throughout Scripture, we kind of get guidelines and we get information uh, of, of compassion. So, love and compassion they they kind of go hand in hand. You know, you. By being compassionate, you're you're showing love, and if you love somebody, you're going to be compassionate to them. It's kind of a circle. Uh, Lion King is coming up, so it's a circle of life. Uh, in Christianity, so so we're talking uh, New Testament. You know, we had we had the guy Paul wrote all these letters or epistles uh, to these churches that were just starting out, and he wrote to Corinth and. In his first letter, he wrote a couple. He wrote a couple letters to Corinth, but in his first letter, he said, and and you guys have probably heard if you've ever been to a wedding that has any sort of religious scripture in it, I can guarantee you this is the one that you've heard. It's love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing but rejoices in the truth. And that's 1 Corinthians, that is uh, chapter 13, verses 4 through 6. Uh, that particular one, I will use the uh, New Revised Standard Version. So, um, I kind of alluded to this as well on the last uh, episode where I was talking about love. And again, love and compassion go hand in hand. So with this one, Paul was, was teaching uh, the church in Corinth about love um, he's also showing them what compassion needs to look like because this is another thing that compassion needs to look like. You know, you can't, you're not supposed to be envious. You're not supposed to be boastful or arrogant or rude because if you show compassion, you can feel what that person is feeling. You're putting yourself in their perspective. So um, the Torah, which, which as we know it, uh, is the Pentateuch, which which was in the Old Testament in Christianity, or the Torah is in the Tanakh in or the Hebrew Bible uh, in in Judaism, and it also teaches the rule of compassion uh, and and love. Uh, it says, "Love your fellow as yourself." That's Leviticus chapter nineteen, verse eighteen. Uh, that's the New Jewish Publication Society version. Uh, Islam, which you know, I I always try to bring up Islam whenever I'm talking about love and peace and compassion with anybody because the thing is again in this in this nation especially um, I mean since uh, you know events that we've that we've and that we never will forget um, from 9/11 we uh, you know we we dealt with this with, where where a lot of people were blaming Islam in general but here's something I want you to, to hear this is from the Quran. This is from Salah 436. Uh, the writing states, Do good to parents, kinsfolk, orphans, those in need, neighbors who are near, 
neighbors who are strangers, the companion by your side, and the wayfarer you meet. So Islam, even, this religion that we've kind of had this misconception of being a hateful religion, right there in their holy scripture as well, has a very, very close resemblance to the golden rule of doing unto others, or doing to others as they would you would have them do unto you. Uh, and this one is just flat out do good. It's not even do to them as you want to be treated. It's just do good to everybody. And, you know, it does carry into uh, the digital world. You know, we talked about um, on the last podcast episode, we were talking about love and how we've become these keyboard warriors. And we don't come at people with love and arguments. And I did say, you know, if you're coming at somebody without patience and without kindness, are you practicing love? Whether you're for something or against something, you need to understand that when you're coming at somebody who has a different view than you, unless you're coming at them with love, you're just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, which of course I got a, I got that from uh, Paul, who was talking about no matter what, uh, you know, I'm not going to go over the whole passage, but pretty much, you know, I can move mountains. He was talking about I can move mountains. I can... Um, you know, give everything I have to the poor. I can, um, you know, do all these things. But if I don't have love, I'm nothing. So no matter what you're saying, it's nothing. If you're not saying it with love, if you're not saying it with that compassion. So it's been a commandment. Uh, compassion has been a commandment in Judaism. It's a rule in Islam. It's been described in detail in Christianity. Um, Jesus... Uh, taught love and compassion needs to go to even your enemies. So, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, which of course, you know, if, if you've grown up Christian, or even if you're like me and you kind of even snuck in, not, well, not snuck in, but you know, came into the faith, you know the Sermon on the Mount, at least a rudimentary knowledge. Um, going over the Sermon on the Mount in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 5, verses 44 to 45, Jesus says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. Do you hear that? Love your enemies. We've kind of lost that as well where, you know, we, we get so heated and, and it's not even just loving our actual enemies. It's we've even become enemies out of just simple disagreements almost you know in in this day and age you know during the elections and even now between the democrats and the republicans look i'm gonna say this right now uh, I'll, I'll put my i know this is a christian podcast but i'm gonna put my political view out right now i'm gonna say i'm a libertarian okay i have this view of um how things should be but in this day and age we're so opposite of each other we're so you know republican versus democrat and we've kind of created enemies out of those people and the thing is is even me being a libertarian uh or even me if i was a democrat or republican the problem is is they're not you're not my enemy even if i have a different view than you you're not my enemy and in lacking compassion nowadays that's what we've done we've created enemies where there aren't enemies so compassion and love 
we've just heard. They are heavily covered, but it's not even just the Abrahamic religion. So if you guys don't know um, what Abrahamic means, it's it's very simple. It's just, you know, we have Abraham, you know, if you're a Christian, Jewish, or Muslim, Abraham, of course, is pretty much the father of those religions. Um, you know, when when we talk about Christianity, Christianity is because Jesus Christ came on the scene, but originally they were Jews. Um, and Muslims also um, trace their lineage back as well to Abraham. So that's why it's an Abrahamic religion. But the religions of the Far East and the ancient Mediterranean also had this concept of compassion. So we already kind of talked, uh, kind of uh, touched on Confucius having that first variation of the golden rule, but in Buddhism as well, which, um, you know, Buddhism was just, uh, is, is, is a religion that if you know anything about, I mean, it, it practices just absolute peace. And so when, um, Gotama, who would become known as the Buddha, uh, thought that in, he thought that instead of originally, which um, the 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 sages of the time would say, uh, the way of uh, quenching humanity with harsh practices, he could cultivate the emotions that had brought him to a release of the mind, and those emotions had to do with compassion, joy, and gratitude. The Hindu uh, religion, which uh, is uh, big in uh, India. Uh, it also covers compassion too, and their holy scripture, uh, which is the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, they uh, they say, or it says, one who does not hate any creature, who is friendly and compassionate, free from the notion of I and my, even-minded in pleasure and pain or disappointment, forgiving, ever content, is dear to me. So again, somebody who doesn't hate, who has compassion is dear to me. So is dear to the deity of Hinduism. And it even goes back to even before all this with the ancient Greeks. The ancient Greeks even had an understanding of compassion. This one's kind of uh, beautiful. They believed that weeping together created a bond between human beings. They believed that weeping together created a bond between human beings. And I'm going to stop for a second and just think about this even even now not just even in showing compassion but in general even in showing our emotions we're not supposed to cry that's like the big thing you don't cry in front of people and and all this but in in greek times that was considered a way of bonding between them so each year on the festival of dionysus which was um their god of transformation uh they would have tragic plays and they'd be performed for all the citizens of athens and by doing that, there would be kind of instilling this empathy for people struggling with impossible decisions. It would make them weep, you know, this audience weep together. They were convinced that this sharing of grief would strengthen the community. So, again, during this festival, part of the festival was making this community weep by watching these tragic plays. And by doing so, it strengthened the community. Again, we kind of go back to this where we're not supposed to cry in front of each other because it shows weakness or anything. Back in ancient Greek times in Athens, if you were weeping with somebody, you became stronger together. 
So again, you know, we, we kind of go to this not showing weakness thing and compassion can feel like some way in some way that you're kind of giving a piece of yourself and you're becoming a little bit weak uh, by doing so. But again, think back to that. It's not showing weakness and inevitably it's going to strengthen you. Uh, compassion is going throughout the entire globe. As, as you kind of heard, it touched uh, just a few of those religions um, that I mentioned, but it, it's really in every, I mean, read every major religion, read at least somewhere in their scripture, you're going to find something about compassion and love. Yet, unfortunately, even though 84% of us say that we are associated with a religion, we have forgotten how to practice compassion. So bringing it in, we, we, if we get back to studying the texts and I'm going to encourage people don't just read the Bible, read the Bhagavad Gita, you know, read the Tanakh. If you, if you want to go way back when read the Quran, you know, read, uh, the sayings of the Buddha, read Confucius wisdom, read all of these because all of them are covering compassion and that just shows you how pervasive it needs to be and how everybody needs to have this and again it goes back to that proverb you know chapter 4 verse 7 that I said about gaining wisdom and 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 getting understanding so by working to understand each other I mean that that's an important step as well to generating compassion for others. By understanding others, we're able to develop empathy for them and we develop a respect as well. So we need to work to understand. So, you know, I kind of went over this a little bit, but but the thing is, is how can we actively pursue, understand, and practice compassion and love? How can religion in general change to be a part of the solution instead of part of the problem of lacking compassion? Uh, as, as I said previously, it's not just something that can be studied, okay? Compassion isn't just something that you learn and next thing you know, you, you're compassionate because you know how to be compassionate. You have to work at it. It's something just like, you know, you can't just pick up a baseball bat and next thing you know, you're a baseball player because you read a book about baseball. You have to continually be swinging and striking out and you just have to keep at it though and eventually you're going to hit that home run. Compassion is the same way. Just because you know what compassion is doesn't mean that you're going to be able to be compassionate all the time. I'm a victim of this as well. I, you know something as simple as I'm driving down the freeway, I see somebody with their hazards on, I you know what, I'm 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 gonna be late to class. I can't I, I can't stop for that person. You know, and then I feel bad about that. Well why do I feel bad? Because I'm not showing compassion to that person. And again, I don't know that person, but the thing is, is we're supposed to be compassionate, Jesus said, even to our enemies. So it stands to reason, even if we're supposed to be compassionate to our enemies, should we not love strangers as well? And we need to keep that mindset. So it's something that we need that you need with compassion to be continually going over, continually mulling over in your mind, making it such a conscious effort to be compassionate that eventually you are unconsciously compassionate. So, you know, this is something I put out to everybody because, you know, even if you're part of a religion, religion, yes, is supposed to be the organizational system that influences you. But the thing is that you have to realize it's not just a system that influences people. Religion is 
a fluid community and it's influenced by the people within it and outside of it. So think about that as well. That's kind of why I was also bringing that into reading other Holy Scripture too, because if we have the understanding of Holy Scripture outside of our own, we can have that understanding of that religion. And we, even though we are outside of that religion, can influence that religion. And again, you can influence the religion that you are in. So if you are a Christian listening to this, you can influence your church. You can influence um, your capital C church. You can influence your entire faith community just by trying to practice this compassion. Because a lot of times, you know, we, we say that actions speak louder than words, but those again are just words. We don't even practice that. And we need to start getting back to that to where we start to show that compassion. We start to have people, you know what? Why would you do that for me? And you can explain to them where you're coming from and that can help influence them. And eventually that can influence your entire religious community. So by understanding that the original Holy Scriptures of several religions, and again, I didn't mention all of them. There are so many to count. We can begin to aid these religions into practicing compassion again. So, I mean, I know that trying to say influencing an entire religion and inevitably influencing the entire world is a lofty goal. I mean, it's something that feels like it's impossible. But in the end, it's really a simple goal. And it's one that can be gradually completed in small chunks of time. And Karen Armstrong kind of says it beautifully. So I'm going to quote her um, directly. She says, quote, my point is that we can all create spots of time for others and that many of these will be the little nameless, unremembered acts of kindness, acts of kindness and of love that Wordsworth claimed in another poem from form the best portion of a good man's life, end quote. So she's kind of talking about this guy, uh, Wordsworth, and um, some poems that uh, he wrote. And I think, though, that that's just perfect. If we kind of create just those little spots of time again, with compassion, it's not something that you have to go out and you have to be, you know, constantly donating every little bit that you have and using up all of your time. No, it's little spots of time that you're compassionate can make the difference in everything you do. You know, I'm going to say right now, I'm doing a podcast uh, for Christianity, right? Well, just three years ago, I was an atheist. And what changed? Literally an hour out of my day changed my entire path for my entire life. I was an atheist. I came to a church because my daughter wanted to come. There was an hour-long uh, service where there was some music, which, okay, great music. Awesome. I love music, but it was the message that I heard that started me on my path to becoming not only a Christian, but feeling a call to ministry. So again, use that those little spots of time can change somebody's entire life. And if you're using that little spot of time and being compassionate during that, how good can their life change versus if you just missed that spot of time? Again, 24 hours in a day, I spent one of them at a church as an atheist and became a Christian and had the call to ministry because of that one hour. 
So by studying these different religions and even going as far back and studying the ancient religions of the world, we understand that even though some people worship Yahweh or others God, Allah, some even still worship a pantheon of gods or they follow the Buddha, every religion in some form or another has explicitly stated the need for compassion for their fellow man, whether it's for their family member, their neighbor, the stranger they just met, or their enemy. Even if you're listening to this podcast, because I know when I was an atheist, I would listen sometimes to religious people talk just for the sake of listening to them. Even if you don't even believe in a divine being and you think that religion is a bunch of hocus pocus and it's not real, by reading the Holy Scriptures, there's still important lesson giving literature and you need and you should still contemplate on them and you know again and it goes even as a christian if you're reading the quran or if you're reading the bhagavad gita or anything like that there's still great little snidbits of wisdom in there and there's a lot of positive attributes such as compassion that are in those scriptures and they should be pursued because at the end of the day compassion and understanding can change the entire world you know, we had um, the, these these uh, this compassion kind of mentality, and a lot of um, these holy scriptures uh, kind of were developed um, during uh, times of intense political conflict and fundamental social change. And Armstrong kind of touches on that, saying, uh, "In every case, the catalyst for major spiritual change was a principled revulsion." from the violence that had reached unprecedented heights as a result of this upheaval, end quote. So, you know, a lot of this compassion thinking came about because of all this political conflict that these sages or these prophets were facing during their time. And there was a lot of social change happening during that time. And so they came up with these concepts because you know what? All this violence, it was, it was, it was, it was toxic. So they developed these different thoughts and these different processes around compassion. And you know that that was a catalyst to developing compassion. But catalysts can work both ways. So the religions, which you know, these we have people that view that as as religion as causing every major war in history. Religions can be radically changed back to practicing compassion and understanding both within the organization and outside of it and towards other religions, mind you. Because again, you know, religions nowadays almost seem like their own businesses and they're in these intense competitions, but that's not the case. You know, if, if we all kind of just start to understand each other and start to understand that, you know what, we all have this view of compassion. We all have the golden rule somewhere in our scriptures. Maybe instead of trying to fight each other all the time, we need to work together so by, by creating that change and practicing that compassion, we can become a catalyst for change by practicing that compassion ourselves. So bring it all together. You know, Karen Armstrong kind of went over this. If, if you guys um, kind of want to look into the compassion and, and, you know, I gave you kind of little, little tidbits of what compassion is all about and how every religion goes over it. But if you want to really start to dig deep and kind of figure out a way to be compassionate, I would say 
grab Karen Armstrong's book. Again, it's 12 Steps to a Compassionate Life. Her writing is really nice. It, it's really easy to read. Um, I think it was a couple hundred pages. I got it read within you know just a few hours. I mean, it wasn't anything super complicated to read through. Um, it was really, really simple concepts. But there were kind of those concepts where it's like, yeah, they were simple, but why didn't I think of them then? So it, it's kind of cool. Check out her book. I mean, you can get it on Amazon for, I don't know, like 10, 15 bucks. It's really cheap. Definitely look into it. So we're going to be coming on. Um, I'm going to be coming on again next week. I appreciate you listening to this episode on compassion. Uh, if you did like it, you know, pop on to uh, YouTube, uh, like it comment on it, share it out, or of course you can be on whatever podcast listening platform you're on right now. You can also catch me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you want to listen. And if you do really, really like what is coming out and you want to be a supporter, go on to anchor.fm slash Schofield Ministries. And on there, there's a little button that you can become a monthly supporter. Even a dollar a month would do wonders to help get this podcast uh, continue it up and running and also just to even be able to get uh, better resources uh, to, to get you all the information and, and make sure that everything can come out again i appreciate you listening i really look forward to seeing any comments that you have about it you know let's start a conversation um you know really just go out there and start being compassionate to others let me know how that's going for you and no matter what though i look forward to giving you another podcast episode next saturday